Welcome to Gone Again Podcast with Robin. And Kelly. We're a couple of travel agents who always seem to find ourselves gone again on vacation. This episode, we're going to dive into my adult-only trip to Walt Disney World. So grab your mouse tool, whether it be a glass of wine or water, and be our guest. Okay, so I am super excited to talk to you because now that we're doing this podcast, I feel like I hold off asking about your trips so that <laughs> yes. we can record it like in real time. <laughs> yes, and that we have fresh new stuff to talk about. Exactly. I get it. Yes. So over what was it? Valentine's weekend. Yes. You did yep. an adult only trip to Walt Disney World. We sure did. So we landed um, at MCO airport Friday morning. That would have been like the 11th. And um, we decided to Uber. I think I had told you that that was kind of our plan to to Uber to the Polynesian so that we didn't have to waste any time. And that worked out great. Um, I've been seeing some reports of people reporting surge pricing, um, but I think that's because of the busyness of the parks this past week. We didn't seem to have that issue. It was about a $40 Uber. Um, It was direct. So it was very convenient for us to get to the Polynesian from there. That makes sense. Yeah, it was. And he was quick to get there. It was just it was very convenient. It would be hard if we had kids that were with us that maybe needed a booster seat or, you know, things like that. So, you know, keep that in mind. If you're traveling with younger kids, there are options that can take you to your resort from the airport that will be able to accommodate that. But with it being two adults, Uber was our, our best option. So when we arrived at the Polynesian, we stopped at Bell Services, dropped off our luggage, um, and we were getting ready actually to head to Epcot. And Adam got a text that said, go see the front desk for your room assignment, which we thought was odd. Um, of course. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, we always do the online check-in and that's something that I help my guests with as well. So you don't have to go to the front desk. Like this is why you do online check-in. Um, and normally you get a text that says, here's your room number, here's your directions. You can open the door with your magic band or the app. So we thought, okay, something's up. So Adam goes to the front desk and talks to him. Well, they newsflash, they were having a technology issue. No way. (laughs) Yes. I know you're shocked. We, we both have seen the dark side of Disney IT, and this was a day for us. Um, so they were having issues getting um, key cards made for people. And I said, well, we don't really need a, a room key because we can open it with our magic bands or we can open it with the app. Well, you couldn't do any of that. You couldn't open it with the app, nothing. So... What they did, I I said, well, then just give us a keys to the kingdom card because that could have our tickets and room key, you know, everything on it like a magic band would. They couldn't even do that. So they, good news, our room was ready, which was a shock. You know, here it was like not even noon and check-ins normally four. So we were very excited that our room was ready. It just was a hassle that we couldn't get into our room. Your room was ready. The door just didn't work. (laughs) Right. And thank goodness they told us that because if we would have walked out to where our building was, it 
it would have been, you know, another 10 minutes of just walking. So they printed us a Disney Cruise Line key card. Adam might still have it. I We should try to link this picture in the in the show notes because please do. I laughed. Yeah, I laughed so hard. I'm like, this is how we're going to get into our room? Whatever. So we take our, we go back to Bell Services because now our room's ready. So we didn't need them to hold our luggage. And we thought, let's just go get checked in, drop off our luggage, kind of freshen up a little bit before heading to Epcot. And um, yes, we were able to get in with the Disney Cruise Line key card. So that was nice. So if you follow me on social media, um, on Facebook or Instagram, you would have seen I did a room tour. Um, I wanted to point out again that it is not your standard room. It's not one of the Moana rooms that they just recently refurbished. This was a, a deluxe studio. So we had a split bathroom, which was wonderful. I mean, it ended up having two showers, two sinks. Um, just having that extra space was nice. And it had a little mini fridge and microwave. But our view was what was amazing. And I know you and I have had personal conversations about not booking a Lakeview room at the Polynesian because the bungalows are in your way and you don't normally have a good view. We were on the second floor. We were the building closest to the ferry boat, which we could not hear at all. They must have soundproofed those buildings. Yes. Um, But from our balcony, we could see enchantment. So now that when was you did your, awesome. your online check-in, what did you request? Upper floor. Upper floor. Okay. Well, that's mm-hmm. good. So you got what you requested. Yes. Which nice. And the fact that it was open early, I thought for sure we're going to be on the ground floor. Yeah. But no, they, they accommodated us. So after that, we left the Polynesian and we um, walked to the ticket and transportation center and hopped on the monorail to Epcot. So was the um, monorail like busy? Because this was by what time do you think you would have gotten to the monorail? Uh, we were on our way probably about twelve thirty. I think by okay. the time we walked into Epcot, it was one o'clock. So it was not busy. We had missed that early morning rush of people getting there. Because um, I feel landing like at that time is not ideal. Like I I prefer to get in much earlier, but it was the only time that was a direct flight for us. Yeah, I feel like there's like a second rush hour at Disney World. It's like you have the initial mm-hmm. rush for rope drop. Mm-hmm. And then you have the second rush, which is at like two when park hopper starts. Exactly. And so, so it's yeah, like could... it's like finding that sweet spot, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And that's that's how it worked for us. We didn't have a wait at the monorail. Um, you know, it was a quick, fun ride over to Epcot. And I just, I love the Epcot monorail. The fact that it takes you into the park and you can see all the exciting construction that's going on there. As much as I hate the walls that are up, I'm excited to see what's behind them. Um, And it takes you around Spaceship Earth and to the monorail stop. So it's just a fun way to kind of get excited and, you know, ready for your day at Epcot. Were you able to see any of the construction like up from the monorail vantage point? Yes, absolutely. They've started some of the vertical pillars for the Moana water thing that's coming. I don't even really know what it's called. It's supposed to be a walkthrough water interaction. <laughs> I'm not really selling this. I don't know. <laughs> well, I don't think um, they've given us many details. And like I feel right. always when they tell me walkthrough experience, I'm like, I walk so much, you guys. Really? 
more walking. Can we put the people mover in there? Exactly. I'm like, like <laughs> exactly. Or like a one of those things at the airport that you walk yes. on. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yes. Okay. That's it. Mm-hmm. Yep. If anybody's listening, Disney, do this. Yeah. They're they're not. Um, but we can see <laughs> a lot of the the Guardians of the Galaxy um, construction. They had just put in the the big thing that's outside. You can see that, it on like, social media. thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. They had just installed that. So that was pretty cool. I got a, a neat picture of that, even though I don't know what it's called. It I was... feel like, like breaking <laughs> news, Robin and Kelly, not up on our Marvel knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> Full disclosure. <laughs> I had to be like, what's that called again? <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh. Like, yeah, he I still don't remember what it was called. So it's anyway. okay. I were I, I didn't tell you this on the last episode, but when we were in Galaxy's Edge in Disneyland, I apparently made a comment that was Star Trek, not Star Wars. Oh, Robin. And Mike was like, no, walk away from me right now. <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm sorry. Two different universes. Oh, yeah. Good thing he's the only one that heard you say that, right? Because it, I was in like mm-hmm. the danger zone, being in Galaxy's Edge, misspeaking. Yeah, so I apologize yeah. to the powers that be of Galaxy's Edge and went about my day. <laughs> Sorry. So you're in Epcot. You guys get in. Yeah. Um, what direction did you head? Straight. We. This was so fun. So we really like to do some of the fun interactive um, Photoshop or not Photoshop, PhotoPass opportunities. So when you got into Epcot, there was an opportunity to, to do one of the super zooms. Yes, so the best. Yes. And we had not done those. Um, I believe Adam had sent you the copy of our, our picture, which is it. quite hysterical. It's, I need to ask him if we can put that in the show notes because I... We were laughing so hard. We might have gotten kicked off of Spaceship Earth. I feel like I was having a very bad day at that moment when I received that text message and it made the day completely turned around. It was the best thing I could have received in that moment. Yeah. So that was the one we sent you was the 360 shot, which they now have one at every park. So that's on my list. I've done the one at Hollywood Studios. I've done the one now at Epcot, but I haven't done um, Animal Kingdom or Magic Kingdom. So they have the 360 shot, which is so fun, and then the Zoom. Um, and there wasn't a long line for them. So we're like, you know what? These are things we always want to do. Let's just knock them out. So that was fun to do those. And then we went on Spaceship Earth, which was our one and only attraction of the day. That's a good one. Yeah. We didn't get to do it last time. And so that was kind of on my list. Like, uh, this is one thing that I really want to ride because I just – I love the history of communication. I have a communications degree. So it's fun for me to to go through those things. So um, and then from there, we kind of started to hit the food booths for the Festival of the Arts. Did you go Mexico or Canada? We went Canada. Oh, okay. I like it. I know. Yes. It's not normally what I do, but we went that way. And I'm glad we did because we hit a lot of the food booths that we really wanted to try. Um, we did the deconstructed dish, which we got one of everything. It was a deconstructed French onion soup, deconstructed BLT, and a deconstructed key lime pie. How do they um, deconstruct a soup? That was the crazy thing to me. 
they put um, mushrooms and kind of a almost like a gravy. Um, it wasn't brothy and, and thin. It was thicker. And then they had um, like a noodle cheesy thing on top. And then they had – it was almost like they crushed up French onions and then baked them all together and then broke it. Does that make mm. sense? Mm-hmm. It was like a big chip of onion goodness. Uh, but I do have pictures of it. So we can link that too because it visually it was stunning. Like this truly was a celebration of art, culinary art, Broadway, you know, all kinds of art. It was just fantastic. So most of our time we just spent walking around the world showcase and hitting, you know, almost all of the food booths that were there just for the festival. We we didn't want to get anything that we could get all the time. Right. Um, our favorite drink was in France. It was a frozen martini that was delightful. And it was worth the 15-minute wait that we had. Which um, booth in France was that at? Was that one right there at the corner by the bridge? It was the one that's by the big circle thing. That's <laughs> so technical. Before you go back into the Remy's expansion. It's, I feel it's, like that one right always – that's like one of the worst yes. lines. Yes, it is. It, and and this one was probably the longest that we waited. But it was worth it. Um, Yeah, it, it was definitely, definitely worth it. I would get that drink again. So then we went – we hit like one in Germany. We just really took our time walking through the countries, exploring a little bit. We did um, – so each festival, I don't know that we've really talked about this, but each festival has its own scavenger hunt. Um, most of the time it's located in the World Showcase. And this one w- involved our favorite dragon, Figment. Love him. Robin, this was the hardest and most fun and entertaining scavenger hunt that we've ever done at Epcot. Nice. Did you buy, did it come on like a paint palette and like? Yes. It was a a cardboard or like a cardstock paint palette. And on the front, it had, you know, all the different countries where you could find figment. And then on the back, it had stickers of famous art. And so we didn't know what we were looking for. We had never done this scavenger hunt before. You know, we've done the one at Christmas. So we kind of know what we're looking for. We've done the one for the festival, uh, the flower and garden festival. So we had to ask a cast member in Canada and be like, okay, are we looking for like a statue of figment holding this painting or what are we looking for? And they said, you're actually looking for art. Oh, wow. Yes. So um, what was so funny about it was that figment was in the art. Oh, that's cute. So in the country where the Mona Lisa was, Figment was the face on the Mona Lisa. (laughs) That's amazing. (laughs) Yes. And in the American Pavilion, the painting of George Washington crossing the Delaware was the painting we were looking for. And Figment was like on the boat. (laughs) We had so much fun finding them. It was it was a blast, but it was really hard because some of them were hidden way far back in the pavilion. Um, some were in shop windows. We walked around Morocco for probably 15 minutes looking for it. 
So I highly recommend it. It was like $9 and then our annual pass holder discount brought it down to seven something. And then when you turn it in and it's completed, you get a little prize. What'd you get? I got an Olaf plate. Okay. I'm pretty sh- I'm pretty sure these were the um souvenirs for the festival of the holidays. <laughs> Probably that were on a that was- Yeah. <laughs> it's totally a Christmas plate. <laughs> <laughs> oh. It made me laugh so hard. I was like, "Oh, so we're doing this?" Okay. Fine. Like cool. I love I love if it, any but... of your friends listen to this and the next year get an Olaf Christmas plate from you for Christmas, they'll know where <laughs> no, they are. No, I'm rank. keeping it. I'm, I'm keeping that plate. I earned it. <laughs> so by that point, we had kind of made our way around the World Showcase. We were super full. We were tired because we had traveled that day. So we just kind of decided, you know what, let's head back to the Polynesian. It was starting to get crowded at Epcot. It was a Friday night. So... You know, a lot of locals will come and enjoy the festival and the restaurants and stuff. So we ended up, we went back to the Polynesian and decided we would mobile order from Captain Cook's, which is the quick service place at the Poly, and ate by the hot tub. And then we got in the hot tub and met some wonderful other DVC members that were there and chatted with them. And um, by the time we were getting out of the hot tub, we went back to the room and it was time for enchantment. Oh. And so, yeah. And so on my phone, I brought up YouTube because in our room, they weren't pumping the music in. I had timed it perfectly. I don't know how I did it, but I'm going to brag on myself. Smart. And and so we listened to the show and watched the fireworks. All from so our now balcony. that you've seen, we saw Enchantment when we did the um, private cruise in December. Mm-hmm. You've now seen it there. How are we feeling? Is Enchantment... Is it, is it it's, coming around? It's growing on me. It is. And we, we saw it a couple times on our December trip because we saw it from the Grand Floridian. Yeah. And they pumped the music in there. And that was my first time. And I was like, well, okay, it's it's all right. And then like the second, third time I saw that trip, I'm like, okay, I, I'm kind of digging the, um, the you are the magic part. And that I – the feeling that I had watching it from the balcony of the Polynesian, I don't know that that can be matched. That was, that was pretty spectacular. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're going to see it when we go on our trip in a couple weeks and we're going to see it from a totally different perspective. So we've seen it from, from hotels. We've seen it from a boat. Um, So stay tuned for what we're doing for the next time we go because spoiler alert we're gonna be gone again in three weeks (laughs) three weeks from today um but I'm very excited about that I think that's gonna be a lot of fun so we now we're at Saturday we got up we got up fairly early because we had a breakfast reservation at Steakhouse 71 which if you've listened to episode three you know I'm a big fan of their breakfast did it live up to the hype again it did not disappoint. Good. I I got the eggs Benedict this time because I wanted to switch it up a little bit, and it was fantastic. Our server was great. We got in and out in a good time because we had our Keys of the Kingdom tour at 9.30. So we knew we weren't necessarily under a time crunch, but we didn't want to take too long that we would miss our tour. So by the time we walked over to the Magic Kingdom from the Contemporary 
We walked through the Emporium, which was empty. That's a good time to go shopping (laughs) because there was no one there. Um, We walked around the confectionery. We didn't want to get too far away from where we were meeting our tour because we didn't want to miss it. You know, we had to check in 15 minutes prior. Um, We had talked about like, well, let's just go ride a ride real quick. And then Adam said, well, what if that ride breaks down and we get stuck? Like, I don't want to miss this tour. So it it was just a very relaxed, you know, morning. And then we met our tour guide and there were 14 others on the tour with us. Um, and that started at 930 on Saturday morning. So where did you have to meet up at? We met right outside Tony's Town Square, like inside okay. the Main Street Theater. They had a, a sign-in area. We got a little name tag and we got one of those um, – earpieces and so that we could hear the tour guide because there were times when we were out in the busy park and if we didn't have that, we wouldn't have been able to hear her. Right. So we were given that we pre-ordered our lunches. Um, lunch was included in on this tour. I think I had talked about that before. We weren't 100% sure we had heard it was Pecos Bill over in Frontierland, which it was. And so I was thrilled because their food is good. Um, so when you say you pre-ordered, so I don't food, know how much- like, how did that work? Yeah, they had a menu. There were six or seven different options. And then they took our name and, you know, whatever we wanted and what we wanted to drink. And then when it was time for lunch, they brought us into Pecos Bills to our own separate area that they had roped off just for us, which that's worth the price of the tour because finding a place to sit down there is a mess. And to just have a place to sit and relax and kind of recap our first half of the tour Um, you know, they had our meals sitting at individual tables. Everybody was in a group of two. So everybody had their own individual table with their food sitting there and their drinks. And then they had in the center kind of like a toppings bar. So they had bagged lettuce, bagged cheese, salsa, that kind of stuff. Nice. Yeah. So like I was saying, I don't know how in depth you want me to go about the tour. Well, I think it was, why don't I want to hear about it? However, okay. I think right. maybe let's do like a quick disclaimer. So Keys to the Kingdom tour, for those who don't know, talks about and takes you through some behind the scenes stuff, some secrets. Yes. If yes. that's not what you're into, maybe pause now and um, like fast forward a couple minutes or something. Yeah. yeah and I won't go too, too in depth because... I want people to experience the magic for themselves. And, you know, it starts with a lot of the history and you start on Main Street and our tour guide talked about, you know, how passionate Walt was about making this an experience for families. Then we came off to the side into one of the little alcoves that was nice and quiet. And we talked more about Walt, talked about the names that are in the windows, you know, Disney buffs will know that the names in the windows on Main Street are people that were very important to Walt and detrimental in building Walt Disney World, the parks, and Disney Studios. So just to get that history was so cool. You know, we we walked on Main Street and then went over to the Jungle Cruise. Our tour guide gave us the history of the Jungle Cruise while we got to ride it. Um, And then... Then probably one of my favorite parts, if not the best part, happened next, and that's when we went backstage. 
So we went back um, right before you get to Splash Mountain. We went back there, and that's where all of the floats are stored. So for all the cavalcades, the parades, everything is back there. And it's amazing because you can't see it. Mm -hmm. And one of the very cool things about it is there's a yellow line painted on the ground. Once you cross, like you're heading backstage, once you cross that yellow line, guests cannot see you. So up until that point, you are expected to be on stage to Disney standards. And then once you cross that line, then you can, you know, kind of relax a little bit. Um, and, and then vice versa. Like then the the cavalcades know, okay, we're crossing that yellow line. Now guests can see us. It's time to, you know, put on my princess face and wave to everybody. Um, that was, it was just so neat to go backstage and see the cavalcades coming together. And that was what was so cool for us is we hit it right at the perfect time where the cavalcades were getting ready to start. Oh, cool. So no pictures, right? Absolutely no pictures. Um, our tour guide said to us, you know, she's like, I consider ourselves to be, to be buddies by now at this point in the tour and you would not want your buddy to get fired. So, (laughs) and, and no one would ever want that. So all cell phones, cameras, everything was put away. Um, and and it's, there's something about keeping that private to have that experience, which was so cool. Yeah. So. After we we spent quite a bit of time back there, we went into the building where the Festival of Fantasy floats are stored. And so that parade is getting ready to start back up on March 9th. So, you know, people were in there working on them and to see them all in their natural state was just fascinating. That's awesome. Yeah. After that, we went to lunch and had a little, you know, half hour break. We walked through Frontierland and um, Liberty Square and got some little insider history tips, which was so fun. That's the stuff that I love. Um, and then we got to ride Haunted Mansion, and we went to go. We we got to go back behind that and through a secret entrance, which then led us right into the stretching room. Oh wow! And yep, and then we got right on the attraction. And while we were outside of the Haunted Mansion, our tour guide. Um, her name was Natalie. She was amazing. Uh, told us, you know, a lot of the history of the Haunted Mansion and how it came together and the backstory behind it. And until you start diving into these things, you don't know that there are backstories. And that's what's so cool about the parks. So after we rode Haunted Mansion, we walked over to Fantasyland and went through a super secret door down a couple flights of steps to the Utilidors. Yes. So for those that don't know, um, I'm shameless plug here, but on Disney Plus, there's a series called Beyond Behind the Attraction. Um, and it talks about the parks. If you enjoy Disney at all and you like history, these episodes are amazing. But they talk about Walt wanted these utilidors so that cast members wouldn't be seen in different lands. So you wouldn't see a cowboy that was in Frontierland walking around Tomorrowland to get out of the park or, you know, somebody in a fantasy land outfit in Adventureland. It just, it, it interrupted the show. So he built Magic Kingdom, the park up. It's on the second level and the Utilidors are below it. 
So we got to go under there and we were walking underneath the park. Um, We got to see Cinderella who was walking up to go to Cinderella's Royal Table. That was pretty cool. And just to see, you know, behind the scenes of how the park runs, they had, you know, the trash department, the break rooms where they went to eat, you know, all these things that you don't think about. Um, And it was so cool because on the walls, they were painted different colors and that told you what land you were in. Because when you're underground, you don't know where you are. So that was, that was definitely a highlight of our trip. Uh, after you, the Utilidors, we kind of walked up and out um, back over to where Tony's Town Square was, and we wrapped up the tour from there. But it was almost a solid five hours. It was nice. a lot of walking. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. After that, we did one of my must-dos, which was the Enchanted Tiki Room, which I know is not a must-do for everyone. I just I love it so much because, it's again, it's the history. You know, Walt had his hands in that. Um and then it was it was warm and it was getting crowded and we thought, you know what? We're staying at the Polynesian. Let's go enjoy the pool and, you know, get a Dole Whip with rum and just relax for a little bit. And that's what we ended up doing. Um, we just kind of chilled out, got in the hot tub again, um, went back to the room, freshened up. And then we had dinner booked that night at Ohana, which is at the Polynesian. So, so what did you think of Ohana? It was good. There were um, there were some things that I didn't care for, but it was good. Um, I don't know that it's on my list of places that I'm going to do next time. And this was only your first time going. So do you think were the issues like comparative? Because most people, I think, go there, right, because of the, the fireworks view. Yes, which we caught the fireworks before dinner. We had a late dinner booked. It was 825, I think. So they knowing, so kind of knowing the issues and how it wasn't like the best dinner you've ever had combined with the view, if you had a perfect seating time for the fireworks, would you go back mm-hmm. or would you just I like, would. I'll watch it on yeah. the beach? No, I would go back. There were, there were definite highlights of it. It was pricey. It was more expensive than I expected it to be. So I don't know that I would make it an every trip place to eat if that makes sense no it does so yeah after that we just went back to the room and hung out because we knew we would have an early morning the next day we had to pack up Um, we dropped our luggage off at bell services and then headed to hollywood studios this was the only day we bought the genie plus um, because my main objective was to ride tower of terror that's my favorite i think i've talked about that a million times on here (laughs) um and and here's where I think I made I made a mistake. I'm fully admitting that. I booked Slinky Dog at 7 a.m., which normally this is what I tell clients to do because it books up so fast. However, we're two adults. We didn't really have to ride Slinky Dog. And then Tower of Terror went down. So we didn't get to ride it before we had to leave to go to the airport. And we had a late flight. Our flight was at like 7 p.m., so we had up until four o'clock really at the parks and it just, it didn't work out. We had a fantastic day. Um, we did Mickey and Minnie run away on standby. 
we went to see the little Mickey short cartoons, which is so cute. And it's a favorite of ours. We do it every time. Um, and then we finally caught the Indiana Jones stunt spectacular. Um, it wasn't open yet when we were there on our December trip. So timing wise, it couldn't have worked out any better. We got there right when the 11 o'clock show was starting. Um, but it was full like this huge oh, wow. theater was full and there's just such an excitement for this show to be back. Um, and so, you know, I think before we go on our family trip in May, I might introduce Leo to, you know, maybe one of the Indiana Jones movies, just so he kind of knows and has that, you know, relation with the movie. Yeah. But it, it is a little adult, so I've got to kind of weigh that. But that was exciting to see it full. They didn't bring people out in the crowd, though, like they normally do. But things are always changing. Um, so, you know, who knows what it'll be like on the next trip. Yeah. After that, we went... We're hitting the highlights. We went to Muppet Vision 3D because Perfect. that is one of – I love the Muppets. I just love them so much. And actually, while we were at the Indiana Jones Stunt Spectacular, I saw on Instagram that Katie from Unlocking the Magic Travel was there at Hollywood oh, Studios. So I messaged her and said, hey, are you at Hollywood Studios? She said, yeah, I'm here by myself. I said, we're heading to Muppets. Come meet us. And so that was neat to meet her. Um, she was there for an extended, you know, trip, um, some things with her family. And so that was neat to get to meet her in person. We did Muppet Vision. Um, then we walked over to Baseline Lounge, Tap House, Baseline Tap House, had a drink there and just kind of stood and talked and chatted and just enjoyed being at Hollywood Studios. Nice. So yeah, from there we walked over to Toy Story Land. We did, um, by this time, I had gotten a lightning lane for Tower of Terror, but that was at like 4 o'clock. And I had gotten another lightning lane for Toy Story Mania at 3. So at this point, I had three lightning lanes ready to go. And that is something that can work to your advantage or also disadvantage. You know, it's there's no real good way to tour the parks, I think, with the Genie Plus. It was busy. So a lot of the things... We were like, ah, we don't want to wait an hour for Rock and Roller Coaster. We don't want to wait 40 minutes for Smuggler's Run. So stacking the lightning lanes worked for us um, because as soon as we rode Slinky Dog Dash, we had mobile ordered from Woody's Lunchbox. So we grabbed a bite to eat. And then by then it was time to do Toy Story. And that's when we noticed that our lightning lane for Tower of Terror had been switched to a multiple experiences lightning lane, which you and I had that happen in November. Right. So when a multiple experience thing pops up, that means whatever you had your lightning lane booked for is down. So it'll offer you to make a choice with a different attraction. Um, by that point, it was like, if we don't ride Tower of Terror now, we're not going to do it and it's down. So at that point, we decided let's just head to the airport and well, we went back to the Polynesian, got our luggage, and then went to the airport. Gotcha. Well, that's a bummer. You didn't get to do it. It was, but I'll oh, be there again in three weeks. And that is go again. happening. It is happening. Yeah. I will not make that mistake again. And, you know, I love Slinky Dog Dash. Don't get me wrong. It is so cute. And if I'm there with Leo, we are going to do it. 
But my whole purpose was Tower of Terror, <laughs> and I screwed up. But you learn. And that's the whole thing with the Genie Plus is, you know, we go down there and we do these things and we learn from our mistakes so that we can tell our clients the good, the bad, and the ugly. Right. Now, do you think the Genie Plus – because did you use it in December? No, we did not. Okay. So we used it in November. You used it this mm-hmm. trip. I used it in Disneyland. What yeah. are your thoughts with, like, crowd size? Do you think that plays a factor? Yeah, I think it does. I I think it does. The line – well, it's hard to say because you and I were talking. The lines – the wait times are so long right now. And it's hard to tell if that's because of Mardi Gras or President's Day weekend or I know a lot of cheer teams, dance teams, bands are heading there now. The parks are just busy. And so it's really hard. We don't have a good, you know, case study yet on how it works when and where. We just have our experiences. Right. All the more reason. We just have to go a lot. Oh, my god! So we can develop a solid data set. Well, and I, I think we both technically have it mastered, right? Like, we know when you're supposed to book one. We know, you know, what to book first. But when things go down or wait times are crazy, there's so many variables that go into this that you can't plan for. And you have to be able to just pivot. And yeah. that's what's hard, especially for people that are going on their first trip with a big family and you want to experience all these things, that disappointment is real. And and I could see it happening. So yeah, it's I, I can kind of see how – well, I definitely can see how when it's like a once-in-a-lifetime trip or these huge family trips, how stressful it is and the, the FOMO, the fear of missing out is so real. And I think you've got to get to a point where Disney has pumped so much into these parks – It Mm -hmm. is impossible to do everything in one day, even if you paid the buku dollars for a VIP tour. Like, people who do VIP tours do them the next time they come. It is, they've designed it for you to have to come back. And so I think it's that, like you said, like the pivot and that mental kind of like, you just have to let it roll off your back because there's something else to go do you haven't done yet. It's fine if something goes down. It's okay to be bummed. Mm -hmm. But I promise you there's something around the corner that is also awesome. Yes, exactly. So with all that being said, um, good adult trip. Thumbs Great up. Great adult trip. It was thumbs up. Highly recommend going on an adult trip. There is so much to do that, you know, kids enjoy, but you can enjoy it just as much. So I highly, highly recommend it. Now you did the poly just with two adults. What do you think had you had Leo? If if you went with like a couple of families and everybody has kids, did it feel like a, a it had layers of a kid-friendly resort or do you think it really was like oh. an adult-friendly resort? No, it's definitely kid-friendly. So the the slide there is – I didn't go on it, but Adam did. He loved it. Um, it's – it's just a great resort. Like the night we sat and watched the fireworks, 
from outside of Ohana. All the kids were out there playing on the beach, doing cartwheels and building sandcastles. And while we were waiting for our Ohana reservation, they were getting ready to put the movie on the lawn, which was this beautiful setting. And they were out there playing games. Like it is, it was definitely kid friendly. I love that. What I liked though was the pool that we kind of gravitated towards like the hot tub at this area was, it was more of a quiet pool. And that was wonderful because there were not a lot of people and there was still a pool bar and a restaurant where you could order food. They had connect Four, they had a ping pong table. Um, it was just so quiet and peaceful that I could see adults gravitating more towards that versus the main pool. Yeah. I think that's kind of one of the highlights that I don't think people really talk about when it comes to these deluxe resorts. You know, if you go to the the moderate or the the value resorts, right, they're lovely, they're fine. Um, but there isn't mm-hmm. like a single pool, I feel like, at those lower end resorts that draws all the kids in. I feel like all the pools are okay. And so mm-hmm. the, like if you're at Pop Century, not there isn't a single pool that's like, oh, this is like the kid feature. And so you end up with about the same amount of kids in every pool. Mm-hmm. But these deluxe would- resorts have such like a big like the slide feature or these fabulous splash pads that it naturally creates like a kid area, which Mm -hmm. then naturally creates kind of an adult area. I would say though, some of the moderates have those feature pools like Coronado's big pool with that big temple and the slide, like that definitely gets to be more of the kid pool. And then they have all those quiet ones all around the other sections um, I even think Caribbean Beach, you know, that has kind of a a feature pool with the slide. And um, that's the one we went to every time, even though there was a small, quiet pool right outside of our room. But the, Leo wanted to go to the main pool. So right. that's kind of where we ended up. Yeah, I think it's there's definitely something to it. Like, I know there's sticker shock when you look at these deluxe resorts. But I think once you've stayed at one, I've always felt like, Oh, that was worth it. <laughs> that was worth right. my time and my money. I, I've never stayed at a deluxe that I thought, okay, I don't need to stay here again. You right. know, it, it, the service is always great. Like minus the check-in issues that we had this last trip. But that was that was Disney IT. That wasn't the people at the front desk. And those people were wonderful and accommodating to our needs. So well, and it sounded like they were proactive. It's like a total bummer. Yes. The system's not working, but hey, let me reach out to you. Hey, let me give you this cruise line <laughs> card. Like, <laughs> let me find it. And I will say like, that's been my experience. You know, I always say it like the people are the magic is that Disney mm-hmm. is not free of problems, but I find that the cast members are empowered to try and make it right. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. Cool. Cool. Well, Well, that was our trip. It was quick. It was very quick, but it was much needed to just kind of recharge the batteries and just reset a little bit, which every adult needs to do. Cool. So did you walk away? Do you have like a tip of the week you want to share with everybody? I do. I think everyone needs to plan a trip for the Festival of the Arts. I know timing wise, it's very short. It normally runs from like mid-January to mid-February, but it is fantastic. 
the food is great. The art is great. The whole vibe at Epcot is just so much fun. Um, and it was lower temperatures. So that was even better. I mean, it was still warm enough to go hang out at the pool, but you weren't sweating profusely. Um, and I think, you know, had we not gone on a weekend, the crowds wouldn't have been as high. But that's hard to tell right now because everybody's ready to travel. So yeah, plan a trip for the Festival of the Arts. 2023 packages are not available yet. We are not very patiently waiting for them to come out. You know, in olden times, they came out in June for the next year. So last year in 2021, they came out in February for 2022 packages. So fingers crossed that it's sooner rather than later. But if you are wanting to plan a trip for the Festival of the Arts next year, you can contact either of us. We will get you on our wait list and contact you as soon as those packages are released. Absolutely. Absolutely. I know I've got quite a few clients that are like, let me yeah. know the festival dates. So yeah, it's definitely a fun and reason anything, to plan your trip. Yes. And you can kind of go off of previous years for those dates, but if packages aren't even available to book, then you can't, your hands are tied. Right. So that kind of ties in, you know, with our closing. Don't forget, we we are both on Instagram and Facebook. We're both active over there. Um, you can find us individually as travel agents, or you can find us at Gone Again Podcast. So go ahead and give us a follow. And as Walt Disney said, the way to get started is to quit talking and begin doing. So let us know if you need any help planning your next trip. Thanks, everybody. Have a great one. Bye.